Welcome back in the Garage Talk podcast from South Grants Pass. Uh, today we're recording with Garen Beck, episode 26, and uh, it's a Sunday afternoon. It's nice and cozy. You know, Garen, you're one of the few people that's actually been able to see the driveway. Oh, yeah? Because a lot of people have been coming over at nighttime. I haven't recorded a weekend podcast in oh, a really? while, so it's kind of I nice am lucky, to, aren't I? Well, and if I have recorded a weekend podcast, it's been at night. You know, usually after the kids go to bed, so yeah, yeah. now we can we can see it's light outside. It's uh, somewhat comfortable out it's here. Not bad. Yeah, I drove the convertible today, so it was all well, good. Hopefully, did you tell anyone inside that they need to let you know if it starts raining? No. Okay. No, I figured we just <laughs> it, it'll work out. Do you want me to check the forecast uh, to see if it's supposed to rain this afternoon? For some Man, reason, I thought they, it was they missed it yesterday, so it really doesn't matter. Didn't they though? I thought it was going to rain. I don't know. They said like a quarter or half an inch or yeah. something, and we didn't see that. But no, no. I I took a little bike ride yesterday. It was all good. Oh, did you really? I did. Nice. What were you riding? Oh, my Harley. Is that what you were sitting on when I saw you? The other yeah, day? yeah. You're fine. I'm just adjusting all right, yeah. slightly as we go. Anyway, I, yeah, I saw you sitting out there at Rogue River Highway, and we were taking the kids to look at the dirt bikes next door, and so I ran over and said yeah, hi, and you were sitting that there. That was cool. And it uh, worked out perfectly because uh, I've been wanting to have you over. Matter of fact, I was just looking at my, my list, my potential guest list that I made when I originally started this, and I had you on there. Really? And I just hadn't quite – you know, it's wow. kind of one of those things where – it's definitely a squirrel situation where I'll think of someone or someone will say, Hey, I'll come over. It's kind of timely. Okay. Come on over. Yeah. And then I kind of shuffle the list down and I'll reach out to a couple people at a time and just kind of work my way through the list. But yeah, I had you on there already because uh, you're involved in a lot of different things around town. I got a few things going on. Yeah. A lot of things. And you're just saying that you were working on a place you guys have for uh, older folks. Yeah. Yeah. We got a adult foster home that uh, the in-laws, my, my wife's, mom and dad we started that back in oh 20 2011 mm-hmm. yeah it seemed, like, it seemed like it's a while ago and uh ended up being a, a a really good business for us you know and for my in-laws and now my sister-in-law pretty much runs it all the time now and we just sit back and do what we need to do to help out was that something where you were just trying to find a spot for your in-laws and decided there might be an opportunity there to help <laughs> yeah. some more people at the same time? Yeah, let's buy a business and see if we can't make them residents. Yeah, exactly. No, um, no my, my mother-in-law was, was involved with health care and taking care of elderly folks for a while. And it just got to, it was just one of those perfect things that my wife was working at Mock Fords and uh, selling cars down there and a gal come come in that she sold a vehicle to and course you know you look at people's income and you look and she goes what do you do and how do you do it and what's going on she goes well i, I have a adult foster home and my you know Rhonda goes man that's what my mom does and she's getting beat up on hours and spending 24 hours at a time at a house and getting paid for 12 hours a day and not making as much money and you know the economy was kind of crappy back then mm-hmm. back in 2010 and 11 and so Rhonda unfriended her and, and got to know her pretty good, and her name was Leslie. And unfortunately, Leslie has passed since now. She um, she got sick here a couple of years ago, and but she she got us in that business by all of a sudden. Hey, I know someone that's getting rid of their home. They they want to they want to retire from it, and it was a young gal, and she's like started having babies and didn't want to take care of elderly folks anymore. We were able to get you know get in there, and we started our first uh, home at Sweet Pea on uh it was on back then it was on d street and it just worked out perfect now almost 10 years later uh the in-laws are retiring wow 
So, well, and of course they're, you know, getting close to, they should be residents. Yeah. But probably the two, two coolest in-laws that anybody could have, you know, my father-in-law's, you know, like one of my best friends, uh, almost 80 years old. He, matter of fact, he, he went up to Wenatchee this weekend to go trap shoot and he, uh, he shoots professional trap at still at almost 80 years old and I can't ever beat him. It's pretty incredible, incredible to see some of those people. I know that when I had my grandpa in here, he's 81, and he yeah, did tell me same. he's starting to slow down a little bit. But to be able to do those things, get out there, and whether it's shooting trap or you know operating the cat or yeah. out there cutting firewood. My dad was just telling me yesterday, he's 77, and he said, you know, I'm trying to get all the firewood cut for all you guys before summer <laughs> so I can start restoring some of my old vehicles because he has all these old vehicles, and he just restored a handful of them. Oh, wow. But he spends every summer, he cuts firewood for my aunt for me for my sister for himself and he it's what keeps him young though uh, it does if 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 the, if you stop you, that's when you die yeah there ain't no doubt about it and that's just that's the the plain honest shitty thing about life if you stop you're gonna die yeah so keep on going do it till you can well you might as well have a little fun too and i i just posted something yesterday about life living life and I saw not, that. not living uh, in fear because there's so many things going on right now oh, i mean man. as we speak as you and i are sitting here they just announced i think yesterday that there's two people from jackson county that have this coronavirus and people are freaking out they've purchased yeah. all the toilet paper they've purchased all the clorox wipes all the lysol everything you can imagine why i mean yeah, yeah uh Coronavirus is real. So is the flu. And yeah, this is just a fast growing, you know, I think it's just uh, more airborne than anything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a real thing. And the crazy thing about it, I was in Wuhan, China. Oh, now you tell me. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. That, that was a while ago. So we were, uh, we were there before the, the big outbreak. So yeah. and I've been tested and we've had all the, we've had all the things done, but it's um i i honestly think it's it's not as bad as what we're making it out to be people are when you get, say we do you mean the people or do you mean the news I, I, media i believe the media i th i think it is uh and people are freaking out because that's what they're hearing it from they're hearing it from the media that you know you need to do this do this and you know those masks that everybody wearing they're only good for an hour that's it your your breath, your your saliva and your in your face coming out into there, it deteriorates the mask. So unless you change that mask every hour, it's not gonna do anything. And it's only gonna do something if you're sick. That's true. And you don't want to spread it. Yeah. So but if it makes you feel good and it you know gives you warm fuzzies, wear them. I don't I don't care if you put a pair of underwear over your head. If that makes you <laughs> that makes you feel good. My son was doing that the day before yesterday. I don't think that's why he was doing it, but you never he know. Could, he could have come on to something there. You know, he just might. Luckily, they were clean. But oh, thank God. Yeah, you just don't know though, and we just worry about so many things. And I'm sure there's part of this we should be worried about. But I've had so many conversations over the past week about this with people of just stepping back for a second mm -hmm. you know just calming down like what Absolutely. are we gonna do if it really is time then it's not gonna matter yeah and is it important to have a few things on hand maybe maybe not you know we have water here in case the power goes out and we have right. a little extra toilet paper not like we didn't go purchase more because of this we have six people in our house soon to be seven so yeah we need a lot of toilet paper anyway um but you know with having a well you know if the power goes out or um, you know, we've got plenty of wood for the wood stove. So there's things you can do to kind of prepare yourself in general for any natural disaster. But for people to just be buying pallets and pallets of some of these items, it's just crazy to it, me. It, it, 
I hate scare tactics. I hate people or, you know, look at Y2K. Mm-hmm. You know, you were you were doing radio back then, weren't you? Yep, very yeah. very new into radio. Yeah, you're, that was that was, back it was then. at the very beginning because I started in late 1998. Yeah, so yeah, I was so. just starting to get my radio career going, and I remember up, us being up at a bonfire up outside of Glendale, and we were just like, "F it, we're partying," <laughs> and if it's it, and I remember when it hit midnight on Y2K, and we were. I mean, I was half sideways. I lost one of my fuzzy gloves that I had to keep me warm, so I just threw the other one in the fire. I mean, we were having a hell of a time. Yeah. And, and guess we what? We lived. We yeah. survived. We survived SARS. We survived bird flu. We've survived everything. We will survive. We will. It's going to happen. And if you know, we don't, then, well, hey, I hope you had a good time. You know, you know maybe, maybe you'll just knock down a little bit. You know, this might thin the herd a little bit. You know? Well, and I think what also is really interesting about this and i really wasn't planning on going off on a tangent on this thing but since we're here talking about it and we're enjoying a refreshment we might as well talk about it but i was telling my wife today i actually just sat down in my walk-in closet we'd been talking about something and i just i was looking around at all this stuff you know and all the things we have or Mm -hmm. we think we need to have and she goes what are you doing i said well right now i'm just pondering my next move and she said well move for what i said i don't know but i'm just sitting here looking around i said isn't it something all the stuff that we have right we're fortunate to have what we need to have Mm -hmm. you know and i said you know consumerism now consumerism keeps me in business and it keeps you in business you guys have the cigar cave and you're selling cigars and doing your thing there but you know it's important for people to buy things to keep the economy going but at the same time there's a lot of things we buy we travel you know the airlines are freaking out but it's like we don't actually have to travel all the time if we don't want to, which could be a huge impact to them. But the reality is, as people, we don't really have to. No, no, we don't have to do anything. We, we do it because we enjoy it. You if, know, if you want to, if you want to go and live in the mountains and live in a solitude, you know, environment and be away from people, and there's people that do that, and I kind of romanticize about that. My wife, on the other hand, would just go, "Hell, you, you go, go, go. Yeah, let me know that you're alive in a year, but." Yeah, we need to get back to a level where we were 1950s, you know, where I think cell phones, technology, I I don't want to go into no big conspiracy theory bullshit, but there are certain things in life that has, has degraded the human being. Well, and some of those things... And they're good. There's uh, some good things to it. Absolutely, because we couldn't share this podcast uh, exactly. without the technology. Right, so there's, right. there's ways to get information out there and have conversations, longer-form conversations, and we couldn't get them out there as easily. There'd be a way to do it. Sure, it's just a lot sure. different. Can't share them as easily. Uh, but I think there's something to be said for that because with all of these things that we think we need to have, it's taking away from the actual living part of... And I'm just guilty no, as I, anyone. I, I'm extremely of, guilty. I'll, I'll sit at I'll sit at the dinner table or we're out the at the restaurant. What the hell do you do? You put your phone on the table and then you start looking at it. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you're everybody's ignoring each other, looking at Facebook or or whatever. And it's like it drives me crazy. and It pisses me off, but I'm doing it. So I'm you know does that make me a hypocrite? Yeah. So I try not to do that. You know I don't let you know the kids are over and. You know, I have grown-ass adults now for children, and uh, it's like, let's put the phone away for a minute. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just spend some time because there is talking. Yeah, and isn't it crazy how when you put the phone away for a while and you just enjoy those times, mm-hmm. how awesome they are, 
And then as soon as that's over, let's say it's Christmas time or they just come over for a weekend or come over for a, a day on the weekend yeah. and you'd have no phone. And then as soon as they leave, it's like right yeah, back to it. It's it, like, it, it, it. We really enjoyed not having it. But then as soon as the opportunity is there, we're right back yeah, on it. Yeah. I mean, we're, we are definitely a, a society that's plugged into everything and because that's where we get a lot of our information. Fortunately and unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a, uh, it's a bitter evil. It's, what they call that a two two sided sword. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get cut on both ways. Yeah, but you know what the hell? What can we do? Technology. We're going to live. Yeah. Did you grow up here in Grants Pass? I was born and raised here. Good for you. Yeah. I now, you, so you were born and raised here, and then did you go all the way through the school system here? I did. Um, well, my family we bounced in between here and Center Point. So I I uh, I did a few years over at uh, Jewett Elementary when I was a youngster, and then I did go to Scenic Scenic Junior High for the whole middle school, which was, uh, I think, 7th, 8th, and ninth grade. And then when I was a, uh, a sophomore, we came back over here, and I graduated from Grants Pass High. So, I mean, I've been to elementary schools in this town, too. Yeah. Allendale, Madrona, Jerome Prairie. We moved around a lot when I was a kid. What was your family doing back then? Um, my folks, in, uh, we owned the uh, Grants Pass Auto Truck Electric. So my dad, uh, he was a mechanic and rebuilt alternators and starters and sold it uh and sold interstate batteries no kidding. so we had our little shop down on m street which is where interstate battery is now that was my dad's shop and prior to that my uh my grandfather and my great uncle had had the original armature change which was you know they built the starters and alternators and generators for uh for cars which is an empty lot now in between i believe it's um shannon's pub and the pawn shop Okay. There was there's an if you ever drive down Sixth Street, you'll see there's an empty lot right there. That was my my grandfather and my great uncle's shop, and they tore that down years ago. But I think in like 1980, my dad, my mom and dad bought that business from them. So, yeah, I've been, you know, been in part of a family business since I was you know since 1980. Was there any part of you that wanted to be in that family business? You know, there was when I was my folks ran that until 1990. Like 93, 94, maybe it's 95. I, I had just gotten out of the Navy, and uh, no, I was in the Navy from 1989 to 1993, and I came home with a, uh, with a baby and a, and a young wife, and um, you know, I was like, I'm going to go work for the family business and help my dad out. And early 90s in Grants Pass was a horrible time for the economy too, so it was, it was not the best of times. And end up working for him for about a year, and and finally we just came in, you know, solution like, well, we should shut this down because we're we're dealing with big box stores. You know, it used to be Grants Pass was you went to your local guy. Mm-hmm. If you wanted, you know, you wanted a bag of feed, you went to farmers. You wanted a, a, an alternator starter, you went to my dad. And uh, the big box stores like Shucks and O'Reilly's and all those started showing up and cut right now and which is you know that that's progression in town that's that's business i'm a capitalist and i'm i'm not afraid to you know to see big business and in any business Mm -hmm. come in and you know no fault to them those businesses why we you know we had to we had to shut her down and it uh it worked out good my folks ended up uh you know going out and driving truck you know kind of open their own little trucking thing so which was cool they got to see you know about a million um, you know over a million miles worth of uh this this country and so were uh, they driving cross country or? oh yeah they're driving everywhere 
I mean, they they had uh, they did that for oh geez, from about ninety. I gotta think it was like ninety five. Yeah, from about nine, 95 till 2000, 2004, about, about 2005, about 10 years. Yeah, they, they drove truck for 10 years. Well, that had to be something for them to switch up from owning their own business oh, yeah. and then just hitting the open road. Yep. But there, there is something cool about being out there on the open road, though, that just kind of feels kind of freeing. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, they got over it and they got tired of it. My dad, you know, has always maintained uh, his CDO license, so... If he wants to go to, matter of fact, that's another business that we have that uh, we also own a uh, bulk water and uh, a, a dump truck that uh, my dad can drive both those equipment. And my youngest son, who's uh, 20, 23, yeah, Joshua, yeah, 23, he um, born and raised right here in Grants Pass mm-hmm. and went through Grants Pass High School. And, and at uh, about 21, he goes, hey, I want to go get my CDL license. I'm going... Yeah, you think so, huh? And he goes, yeah, I'll go do it. Sure shit, he did. He, you know, did what he needed to do, take the test, and, and now he, he drives for us. He's, he's our main, main driver for that company. So did he have an idea that that's what he wanted to do, or was he getting a CDL just so he would have the CDL and he could potentially yeah, do long-haul, yeah. dump truck, yep, whatever? Yep. He could, he, the kid, you know, um, he's always looking at the next thing that he can do as far as improving his life. And he figured, hey, if I can, if I, I can always find a job driving, mm-hmm. you know, anybody. there's a lot of them out there. Oh, there's a ton of them. And, uh, and it just kind of fell in that we end up with this water truck and, and, uh, and just went that, that route with it. And he's a good kid. I'm proud of him. He's, uh, I don't know too many 20, 22, 23 year old kids that are motivated to uh, making life better for themselves or, and they're young, you know, he doesn't have, he's got a, uh, I'm going to call it fiance his uh, girlfriend um does it need it, to be his fiance is well, that what you're I, saying I like think, it's on the cusp it's on the verge and i think it is he just uh, he just never wants to admit it but you know he's there uh, it's okay most of us have commitment issues <laughs> I get it. yeah for some reason he does <laughs> but he's uh he's done well in his uh in his girlfriend and and uh, uh it i am blessed i am truly blessed that all my kids are are active healthy parts of society you know, I got I got five kids, um, three from my first marriage, and two, one and a plus. We'll call uh, we'll call Marley a plus. Um, we picked her up when she was in high school, and it sounds kind of weird, but uh, uh, they're they're all they're all educated. All have uh, somewhat except for Joshua. He's he's educated in Grants Pass, and uh, but everybody else has got a. Uh, some sort of degree. Well, and there's nothing wrong with not having it either. Oh, I don't I, have I, mine. I don't, I, I, shit, I never, man, my degree was, I barely made it through high school and I, you know, a buddy of mine goes, hey, what do you think about the Navy? I go, sounds like a good idea to me. So did you just not really know what direction you wanted to go? <laughs> I didn't know anything, man. Yeah. I just, you know, I was working at McDonald's in high school and I knew, I knew I wanted something better, but mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. You know, you're, I know you're a few years younger than I am, but by the time I graduated high school in 89, there wasn't nothing going on in Grants Pass, you know, zero. Mm-hmm. And um, Definitely not like it is now. Oh, there, there's so many opportunities here in town. If if people go out and look for it, you can pretty much do anything you want. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to go to, you know, to Rogue or over to SOU or be in business, start a business, and if you got a desire to do something, then, then just go do it. 
Um, nothing's going to stop you nowadays. Mm-hmm. What was it like when you went into the Navy? Um, you know, <laughs> naive as hell. I had no idea. I didn't know what the Navy was. No way my family was in the Navy. You know, my, my dad was in the Army during Vietnam, my, my real father. And um, my stepdad was, you know, he was in the Air Force, you know, during that time period. And uh, I, you know, knew some people that were, you know, in the military. But Grants Pass is not a big hotbed of people going in the military. And it just a good, good buddy of mine, Kevin Wadhams. He is now, uh, he's like a, I don't even know what he is down in San Diego. He's, he's, he's a cop down there now. He works for uh, the Sheriff's Department down there as a, He's a captain or something like that, but he's been with that department for a long time. And we're my buddy Rich, who is also a uh, you know born and raised here in the valley. We were standing behind the grill. I'll never forget it. And Kevin was just signed up for the Navy. He goes, you know, back then it was a buddy program. Hey, if you could talk your buddies and going, you know, we're going to give you a rank. We're going oh. to bump you up a little bit. He looked at <laughs> He's us trying two, to benefit himself. Oh, absolutely. He looked at us two idiots going, hey, what are you going to do after high school when you graduate? Well, we don't know. We don't have shit planned. We're going we're gonna to party and, and uh, hang around. Hang around. Hang out. Drink some beers and cruise up and down <laughs> 6, six and, and 7 Street. Yep. You know, we're going to turn around <laughs> through the old DMV and, <laughs> yep. and park and, you know, try to find a girlfriend. But... Um, that's what our plan was. And he goes, Hey, you should really talk to our recruiter about the Navy. And, and I remember it like it was yesterday. And that was 30 years ago. And we, we went over the recruiter and Rich and I looked at each other and goes, sounds good to me. Signed up. And I remember going home. I remember what we were having for dinner. We were, my mom made tacos. That's incredible. And you can remember that. I sat at the, at the kitchen table and I, I looked at my mom and dad and I go, I got to tell you something. They go, what's up? And I go, I just joined the Navy. My mom lost her shit. She's like, you did what? I go, well, I'm 18. And uh, my dad goes, good for you, son. He goes, all right, when you leave. I was gone in October. Really? That was, that was June of 89. I was, my first day of boot camp was uh, Halloween. Halloween of 1989. And uh, I came home for just a little bit after after boot camp and I did not come home for two, little over two years. So did they send you out on a ship? Did you have to go overseas? Oh yeah, yeah. I spent. Um, I was uh, right when I got out of school and everything. I went over to uh, Japan for a couple of weeks and caught on my first ship, which was just a small little ammunition ammunition boat called the Mon- USS Mauna Kea, mm-hmm. which is probably razor blades right now. I mean that boat was old back then, and. Uh, <clears throat> And after getting on that and doing a two-week cruise from Japan to the Philippines, they came to me and goes, hey, you're on the wrong boat. And I go, no, I'm good. I'll stay right here. And they go, no, 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 really. You, you need to go back. I had a double set of orders, which was not unheard of that they just got buried in my, in my paperwork. And they go, no, you got to go back to Long Beach, California, and get on board the USS Missouri. And I go, I don't even know what the USS Missouri is. And, the, and my captain, I remember the captain going, it's uh, the battleship Missouri. I go, what's a battleship? I was not, I had no idea that it was the most famous battleship, the most famous ship, one of the most famous ships in the whole United States Navy. You know, that's the one the Japanese surrendered on in World War II. And um, I got on that boat and spent two years, met my best friend that uh, I'm in business with today. That was the best man at my wedding. So 30 years, fast forward, we're in business together. We've been in business together several times. 
or the last 30 years through the roofing and, and now the cigar cave, and that's Jesse. And um, it was just, it was, I had, a, I, had a, I had a very blessed military service. And being from Grants Pass and not, I never really traveled outside of Grants Pass mm-hmm. for 18 years. I mean, we go to Brookings. You know, you had to drive through, you had to drive through the border to come back in, but never, never really went anywhere because, you know, we're, my folks were always working hard and trying to, you know, keep a roof over our head and we never went on vacations or anything, but it was, it was a culture shock. Definitely. What are the things that you get to see when you're in the Navy? Was there other places that you visited? And- oh man. I'm Well, been, uh, been to Japan, uh, Thailand, Philippines. Uh, I was in the Gulf War. I was uh, the USS Missouri. We were the uh, we were one of the very first ships that uh, that was that started the uh, the the sea to land battle. Um, we we did fire the very first missile to uh, to start that campaign for uh, Desert Shield and uh, Desert Storm. And you know we spent a little time in Bahrain, um, Australia, Tasmania, uh, Hawaii. You know, a couple times Hawaii, but uh, up and down the West Coast. What was it like when they said that you were going to go over to Iraq or be in that area? Because that was really the first trek over there for oh, us. Yeah, I I didn't know that there was even a problem. You know, like I said, eighteen and naive. I was eighteen years old. You know, when in the Navy, didn't you know that there was a problem with Iraq or Iran or or um, you know, I don't know. I don't think I was I, I wasn't uneducated. I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. You know. I wasn't uh, well there's not as much information back then well, yeah you had CNN but even cable news yeah that, I mean from what I remember I was pretty young at that point but that was kind of when the whole cable news thing mm-hmm. really started to take off and yeah. you had some of those guys Larry King and yeah I remember if it was Tom Brokaw but there's a couple of those guys that every night it's like you're glued to the television watching like yeah. well what's happening it was kind of this new wave of you know war slash television that, right, that connection right. between the two that we've only seen explode since then yeah and i didn't know what the hell to expect you know i remember i remember when our uh we were in long beach we just got back from a three uh a three-month deployment over in hawaii doing a thing called a rim pack where we were doing war games and practicing and i was and i was just a young sailor and uh we come back and it was right before oh we were notified like in september early and about October, that the captain came on and said, hey, get your shit together, get everything in order, and uh, we're going to be going over to, um, you know, the Arabian Gulf, Saudi Arabia area, and we're going to go fight this uh, this war, and we're going to go kick ass and take names. And, and I'm like, going, okay. We're doing what? Yeah, we're, yeah exactly. Where, 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 are we, where are we going and why are we going there? You know, so I told my mom, and, and uh, she freaked out. She goes, Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? You're going to go over there and fight that thing? And I go, I guess. And uh, we hopped on the boat. We made it over there. We didn't get blown up. We did get shot at. I do. Um, I am. I am a combat uh, disabled veteran. Um, we were fired upon a couple times on that boat by uh, by some missiles and things. And um, I got this kind of this really weird condition that uh, it's kind of like a fibromyalgia, but I got it from the chemicals. Really. Yeah, so it's called chem. It's actually there's a name for it. it, it it's it's a Gulf War syndrome. It's kind of like how the equivalent to the Vietnam veterans had the uh, the Agent Orange and yeah. everything. That's what that's what I end up with, and um, I I am 
I am blessed that I'm, you know, I don't have the, it's not a cancerous type of thing like the, the Agent Orange caused those, uh, those guys. This is more of a, the crystallization of your muscles. So I'm just, you know, it's like I work out every day and I don't, you can tell. <laughs> but um, fortunately, you know, uh, the VA has taken care of me and uh, I've been blessed that way. Good for so you. So they make the, and, and you know, that was a, a large part of my wife telling me, hey, dumbass, get over there and let them, let's get this uh, thing figured out. And, you know, but I, I would rather not have this condition. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it would be, be heck of a lot better, but it's not going to, you know, like, like we were talking about earlier, hey, you know, deal with it. You know, when it's my time, it's my time. You know, we're not going to get out of this son that's alive. Right. So, but no, the military was great. And, and I, uh, I did get out for a while. I was out for about four years, went through a, uh, went through a divorce with, uh, with my uh, kids' mother. And, uh, is this after the war? After yeah, this is afterward. This is after we had three kids. So <clears throat> had my uh, oldest daughter, Marissa. She was born while I was in the military, in the Navy. And then uh, Caitlin came along right after we got out, after I got out. So 92, 94, 96. So got out in 93. Caitlin was born in 94. Joshua was born in 96. And um, their, uh, their mother and I divorced in 99. I was single for a while. Had a good time, realized being a single, yeah, being a 24, five-year-old guy with three kids, not very appealing to women. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> they were cute. They were great. So, But fortunately, one day I met my wife, my current wife, Rhonda, now, and um, I ended up bowling. I was on a bowling league, and uh, she had subbed for me for a long time because I, at that time I was working for Duralast Roofing as an outside sales guy, um, working in the office one week and out on the road. So I was traveling about 25, 26 weeks a year and, um, and top of raising three kids and, you know, splitting time between the ex and, and, uh, you know, the ex would take care of them when I was out of town, but, uh, met Rhonda 20 years ago. What's the day today? The sixth, seventh, eighth, I think. Well, on, on leap year was the day that we got together 20 years ago on the 29th. Yep. On the 29th of uh, 2000. Wow. Yeah. So. I was single for just about a year, and uh, I I met her at the bowling alley. We went to JD's to have drinks, and from that, and that was on the 29th of uh, February of 2000, and we've been together ever since. Isn't that uh, something? It, it was, yeah. So I suckered her into it. She <laughs> That's felt, great. She felt sorry for me. <laughs> something, right? <laughs> yeah, something. That's funny you mentioned that because we've the two of us had a chance to spend some quality time at JD's over the uh, years, we have. years ago due Long to time. a mutual friend, and that's how we ended up meeting each other. Absolutely, right? I re- I remember watching you put a jacket on oh, backwards and upside down, <laughs> <laughs> and then I forgot it there. Yeah, because <laughs> I never got it on. What, yeah, not one, we, of, not one of my finer moments. But I'm pretty uh, well, sure somebody wanted. I think. I think I or my roommate, and this is terrible that I can't exactly remember. But then again, I've I've forgotten more than I've remembered. So bear with me, folks. But uh, it was one of those outings. I was a bachelor. My buddy was a bachelor. We were having a hell of a time. We met up with you guys numerous times. 
But one of us won a jackpot, and maybe it was either me or my roommate, but needless to say, the whole jackpot from the video poker machine, I think there was a dollar <laughs> left over the next morning and no jacket. That was the same night. Yeah. yeah so I, I, had to waddle, I, had to, I had to do the walk of shame the next day to go see Athena at JD's yeah, and tell her yeah. that, uh, hey, you got my jacket in here? God, I forgot. It. That, was, that was a long time ago. That, that's when, when Jacqueline was around. I miss her a lot. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because yeah. I was thinking about it before he came over because obviously I was thinking about some of the different things that we'd talk about and Jacqueline obviously being a, a key component of it, component of yeah. us getting to know each other and she's one of those people that I got to know when I when I came down from Roseburg uh, I came down in 2001 early 2001 and, and met Jacqueline at Grants Pass Broadcasting and shoot I worked with her for what seven years yeah and, a long time and, and her and I actually got fired on the same day you sure did same yeah, damn day that was and so we kind of had that well we kind of had a bond before that yeah. um and, and always worked pretty well together and we had times where we butted heads but sure. i think it was because we both had the same mindset same mentality of yeah, she was a force to reckon with yeah she, she always just went for it and that's what i yeah. loved about her you know she was she was one of those people who she would she didn't have a lot going for a long time yeah you know as you know and she she was able to get into sales and completely, like myself, getting into sales and mm -hmm. advertising in the radio business changed her life, changed my life. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, she was she was great at her job, and she was a she was a good, good person. And it was definitely one of those uh, too young, too soon mm -hmm. situations with Jacqueline. And uh, um, she's she's missed. I think about her a lot because she was she was a huge part of my family. Yeah, um, my wife's best friend. Um, she was like an aunt to my kids. Uh, we were on, we'd go on vacations together with her and her husband and you know, her kids are uh, doing well now. Uh, saw, saw the youngest not that long ago and, and James is doing, doing well from what I, I can see. He ended up having some babies and her oldest son, uh, Frankie is now a big, big boss man down in, uh, California with a Les Schwab and, and, um, you know they they were they were important to us and I and I do miss those times I really yeah. do, and uh, just just one of those things we're not going to get out of this so much alive. Yeah, you and, just never and, know. And, and I, I remember talking to her after you know we both got let go from Grants Pass Broadcasting. We both ended up working in Medford at, at competing stations, and then she ended up getting into the insurance business. Yeah, and I remember I talked to her, and this is one of those things that everyone probably has one of these stories of wishing you would you know, just one more time. And I remember someone said she's in the hospital in Medford yeah. and this is all happening. And I thought, okay, I'm going to get over there. And it, everything just seemed like it happened so fast. It was yeah, just I over. Did. And I was like, damn it. I, 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 I was going to, you know, I wanted just at least, and I didn't well, do it. I didn't go over there. I was that guy that did go see her that one last time. And, um, I wish I wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, she had gone so fast, so quick. And, uh, that cancer, which was crazy the type of cancer that she had it just it, it just got her so fast and um the last time that i saw her she was just she was not jacqueline yeah um someone that was you know if you've ever been around the you know people that have cancer or, or doesn't matter if it's an adult a kid a, a 40 year old you know jacqueline was she's in her 40s mm -hmm. and um it sucks it's just and 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 once again, it's just nothing that she had done wrong. You know, she 
you know, smoke cigarettes every now and then, but it was just, if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. It don't matter. I mean, I know 90-year-olds that are smoking like a fiend, and they're okay. Oh, just lighting lighten one off another, yeah, and they're going to yeah. be just fine. You yeah, know? one burn in the ashtray, one in their hand, you know. Yeah. But uh, it, it just, whatever whatever that cancer was, which was a, lung, a form of lung cancer, and it just just grabbed her. I had an uncle, the same thing happened to him, but um, truly missed, think of her a lot. We, you know, we still have pictures of her, and she was, she was an awesome individual. Yeah, pain in my ass most most of the time, <laughs> but uh, her and I used to butt heads. You know, you guys butted heads. I butt heads with her all the time because I, you know, I get argumentative, and she never would lose a fight. Oh yeah, never ever yeah. ever. So we always had fun. Yep, Jacqueline Roberts. She was a man. She was a fire plug for those people who know her. They know exactly who we're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, just uh, one of those people that I, I learned a lot from. You know, and I remember when. I went to work in Medford and they asked me, they said, Hey, you know, you want to get into sales? And I thought, huh, I hate salespeople. I've worked with salespeople <laughs> in Grants Fast. And she was definitely not one of those people. It's not like I'm singling out any of those people, but um, definitely learned a lot from her because her and I were able to collaborate, put our mm-hmm. heads together. She would have clients. I was the promotions guy. And so we'd yeah. put our heads together and try and figure out different ideas. And so she was one of those people who really helped me see some of those things that it took on the back end right. to pull some of those things off and make it happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the Jacqueline. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to, I'll take a nice pull. Yeah. Yeah, definitely some good times with her for sure. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's talk about Boatnik a little bit. Oh, the active man. Club. I mean, God, you had to bring that up, didn't you? I mean, <laughs> we're talking about, you know, I like to talk to movers and shakers in the community who are involved in good things. Was and, man, that your next guest? What, the movers and shakers? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm talking to you. Uh, I mean, shoot, how long have you been involved in the active club here in oh, Grants Pass? Oh, 2003. How many years? Seventeen that? years. Seven. To me, two thousand three. This, like this is like my eighteenth boatnik. Okay, so to me, two thousand three doesn't sound that long ago. But you throw a year at it. <laughs> yeah, you do the math, and it's a long time, <laughs> right? So how did yeah. you get involved with the active club? You know, um, my very first involvement was uh, Rick Chapman. He called me up as when I owned Church Roofing. He goes, "Congratulations, Garen." You're going to be a, a gold sponsor at Boatnik. And I go, what's that, Ricky? He goes, don't worry. I'll be out to pick $1,000 up from you. And I'm like, okay, come on up. Come up. He grabbed a check, and he goes, uh, they'll have your packet down at the, uh, at the new tent that we just put up. And that was the very first year that the tent was on the river. Before that was down to, the year before that was down in the sand pit with the old volleyball thing between the bridges. And the year before that was at the hotel that they got kicked out of. Um, That's right. The, yeah, old hotel. the hotel. I wish I would have been involved. Uh, back I'm then. glad I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, so there's some good stories. I'm sure oh, we could hear oh, from many people yeah, about so the whole couple, hotel days. I got a couple of club members that, we can't discuss things like that anymore. But yeah. uh, it it was it was for the best. It was for the best that we are no longer at the hotel. But uh, yeah, Ricky just said, "Hey, go down there and uh, George Keller and uh, and it was yeah, it was George Keller and uh, another uh, club member is no longer in the club, but um, John Beerstow. He goes, go down and ask for those guys, and they'll give you a." A VIP packet. I go, well, what's a VIP packet? Don't worry about it. Just go down there and enjoy yourself. You're going to drink some beer. You're going to eat some food. And you're going to sit on a deck. 
I'm like, okay, that sounds like a good time to me. Went down there, and those guys took care of me, and, and Jim and Jacqueline, and and Rhonda and I, and we just partied from Friday night till Monday down on Boatnik, and I'm going, this is pretty cool. I could, uh, this is a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to be a, you know, contributor and a supporter of Boatnik after that. Um, in a meeting, a guy at the bowling alley, because back then that's when I was bowling a lot. And uh, name of Jim uh, Kekax. I don't know if you know Kekax. He was not. just texting me right before oh. he got here. Oh, actually. Yeah. yeah. So Jimmy, Jimmy uh, looked at me. He goes, "Hey, I want to put you in the club. I want to be a be your sponsor for the active club. You're you're our kind of fit. You know, you're young. You're in business, and um, you know, I think you get along with everybody." And I go, well, "Whatever you think, Jimmy. I'll, I'm in. If it's to help a kid, I'm I'm there to help." And uh, he sponsored me in in that that next year, and uh, never looked back. And I've. Uh, I climbed the ranks through um, through the active club with all the guys. It's a it's a club of right now we're at the forty I don't know about forty three forty four people forty four guys in the club. And when I got in there was there was like 30, 30 guys in the club, but you know, like fifteen of them did all the work. And I I jumped in there and I ended up being one of the fifteen. And and I was a I was a secretary my second year in the club and. Um, a few other master, you know, sergeant arm, master arm type type thing we call an activator, and um, then I got uh, oh, and I don't know what year we're in twenty twenty. So I was like twenty twelve, twenty eleven. I was uh, elected as vice president, and I followed um, I followed a a great you know one of my one of my other best friends, uh, JJ DeForest. Oh yeah, and uh, he was uh, he was my president. He was I followed him. His crazy ass all the way through. He had he was the he was the second. He actually he was the third president in uh, since 1959 that was a two term president, and it was uh, due to um, I can't I, I don't necessarily remember why he ended up being a two term president, but it was one of the guys his vice president. Oh, that I was the second vice president. The the vice president that was usually goes vice president president in our club and um he just uh something yeah personal issues and he's like oh, I, i'm gonna step down and and um so jj goes well i'll i'll, I'll nominate you know or i'll do president again everybody goes oh yeah let's you know you're fun yeah and uh so i end up getting voted as a vice president his uh, second second term vice president and um that that's when it got interested in the club because being in the clubs is fun anyways and you're just there to help kids that's all we do is we just want to help kids but when you start getting into the politics of things is when things, you know, like you really find out what's going on. And uh, I am, I had um, vice president, then I became uh, president. My vice president was uh, Charlie Waddington at the, my first term. And uh, Charlie ended up getting um, a form of cancer and he had to take a hiatus for a year. And um, so the exit of uh, no, no one to take over a second year. So I was the fourth, third or fourth uh, two-term president at the time and since 1959 which was a huge honor now if i known that uh the second president year was a lot harder than the first one i would have i just would have let someone else be president why uh, is that why it, is it so much harder it, the first year you're just kind of like you're on this high you're like man this is great i'm the i'm the president of the active club i'm i'm uh i'm, I'm like i'm the man I've, I've i made it and then uh so you're just kind of like walking around with your heads in a cloud and it's like Okay, this is cool, 
but that that second year was my that was the hardest year it was a lot of stuff going on um that was in 2015 um with the park and with uh we had a lot of a lot of stuff going on with protesters uh we had a boat that ended up in the bottom of the river uh up at up at baker park on a you know no one got hurt it was it was a fortunate uh, fortunate thing but it was just a tough year that was uh my my vice president was um actually uh michael sellers was my vice president oh yeah and uh he is uh chief of staff for uh senator bear now is he and, really yeah i didn't know that yeah michael's a good solid dude he's a good good friend of mine i love him i he he's the only guy that I'd ever want argue in court for me. That's not an attorney. He's uh he's just a verbal judo guy, and so it was it was just a tough tough that 2015 was tw- tough year in Boatnik. Uh, we had a great time. We made a lot of money for kids, but I was glad that that season was over, and uh, now I just get to back you know step back and and uh, enjoy being a a past president and helping and helping and just going and fixing and doing and and being around now for those people listening who don't really know a lot about the active club you talk about helping kids what are some of the things that you guys are doing what aren't we doing um anything that involves a kid that we're we're involved with uh that benefits from sports to educational to medical to uh if it if a child is in need we are going to be there for that child and there we 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 donate tens and hundreds i don't even know what the number has been since 1959 um from what our forefathers and there's still some club members around from 1959 and um they're 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 elder they're 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 long in the tooth now and uh you know you hear the stories of how they started boatnik was on the banks of the rogue river selling cotton candy and hot dogs that was the fundraiser or a hamburger they were doing hamburgers and cotton candy and um started raising money for kids and from there it doesn't matter if it was you know little league or or battle of the books or whatever we have we have donated and given money to whatever whatever child isn't you know whatever is needed it, it it goes a lot deeper than than just donating money we're also a club that you know started um Started in our Christmas for uh, kids program, uh, KLDR, your old uh, Amarada there. Mm-hmm. Um, we took over Kids Day, and uh, Carl Carl Wilson has, uh, you know, helped us raise funds to to support our uh, our Kids Day, uh, which I think it was right around sixty kids that uh, had to be like twenty twenty five twenty six families I think and about fifty six. I'm going to say fifty to sixty kids that uh, the guys. Our club members, and I'm, when I say club members, their wives go out and actually go shopping. So if there's five kids in a family or four kids in a family, they get we get their age, and these are all these are children that are um, that need a Christmas. They probably wouldn't have a Christmas. They, they they wouldn't have a Christmas. They wouldn't have it as good as Christmas as if we weren't there. And um, they go out and shop. They find out that you know that this little boy is a you know size six jeans. He's gonna get like five or five pairs of jeans. He's gonna get tennis shoes. He's gonna get a you know a hoodie. You know jackets are lost. Hoodies are worn. Mm-hmm. You know and I think you know that one. Um, 
But, and then we, you know, don't concentrate on the toys and stuff because, you know, toys are fun and we like to get them a little something, you know, for them, you know, it could be a new basketball, it could be a baseball, it could be a bike. Something they can use. Yeah, something that they, they can use. But the, the main thing is that we get them some warm clothes, you know, socks. And, and if it wasn't for our wives in the active club to help us with that, we're just a bunch of idiots. You know, we know how to make money and uh, to put everything together, uh, there's definitely a glue that uh, that those women, you know, help us with. And we got some awesome club members. And uh, but, you know, we uh, we lean on our wives to help us a lot with the active club. Did you ever think when uh, when when Rick or Ricky, as you called him, yeah, Ricky. came up there and asked you to or told you oh. that you were going to be a gold sponsor for a thousand bucks. Did you ever think that you'd be involved to the no. level that you're involved? No, no, I never would have guessed it. Never would even, even fathom it. And now, you know, Boatnik is, is grown to be the second largest, um, private because we're, I, there's a lot of festivals and there's a lot of things in the state of Oregon that are, are probably bigger than we are. But if you look at the dynamics of how Boatnik has ran and it's free and, and how long it goes, we're the second largest in the state mm-hmm. um, compared to the Rose Festival. Um, you know, there's there's other you know Pendleton Roundups and that bring in tens of thousands of people. But Boatnik as a community is the second largest free festival there is. And I would have never. I was a kid. I remember going to Boatnik when I was a little kid. I remember my parents being sponsors at the whole the old hotel. Mm-hmm. And you know, remember watching you know going down to the banks of the Rogue River and watching Jeff Lewis. Which is, I, I think he's going to run again this year. I'm not sure how. I, but. That dude, he's he's a, I don't know. How old is he now? Uh, I think Jeff's knocking the hell out of 70. Yeah. He's got to be. He's got to be. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I've been and, watching him for 20 years, plus, and, 20 plus years. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that he's going to run this year. I'm involved in, and I, uh, with, uh, with an, uh, another hydro boat for, uh, Everybody refers to them as Boatnik boats or hydro, you know, but that's their that's their second race of the year. But uh, the Reinhardt family, Jesse and Kayla, yeah, uh, they they just live right down the road from yep. here, and uh, I love those guys. They're they're kind of like my little second family. Um, I love their boys, and they got another one on the way. They're uh, trying to keep up with me, but man, they're, they're not quite there yet. No one's <laughs> keeping up with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they're they're on their uh, on their third and. And I don't think they know what it is, and I hope it's a little girl for them. I really do yeah. because they got those, um, they got those two little boys, and they're so much fun. I mean, it's kind of like having, you know, more grandkids for me. Um, but I uh, I met them through Boatnik. Didn't know really Jesse all that well, and just got to know him. And and uh, my family's just you know, we we go to races with them, and we go go to certain things, and huge supporter of the Cigar Cave, and. And I just, I just absolutely, they're just, they're those people that you want to be around. They're mm-hmm. just good, clean, honest, fun people. And they're, you know, and Kayla and Alana and, and uh, Colt and, and Jesse and, and oh, all, all the Reinhardts are just, and the Garens are, are fantastic people and, and blessed every day that I know people like that. Yeah. But, what's funny about them is that I didn't meet them before the festivals and I actually ended up meeting them at Cape Blanco. Oh really? Over on the coast. Oh yeah. yeah. They're fun. Yeah. They are fun people to, to have fun with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you want to drink beer, those are that's your crowd to be with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never been known to do that. No. It's actually no. is mine sitting here empty. But uh 
How you doing? You doing Yo, I'm good. Did you I'm, want another one? No, no, no. I'm still working on this okay. one. All I'm right. a slow drinker. Yeah. I've well, slowed it, down in my old age. It's Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you about, because you mentioned the roofing company, and you were involved yeah. in that for a while, and how yeah. did you make the transition from that and out of that to ending up at the Cigar Cave and what you've got going on there? The economy. Yeah. Um, I I owned and operated with, an, uh, with another partner from 2003 to 2009, 10. I owned uh, church roofing. And I would I got into the roofing industry back in uh, 2000 or uh, 1994 after I you know we uh, shut down the family business. I went to work for Duralast Roofing, which is out in Merlin, mm-hmm. and um, worked up through there as a production, and then got into sales, and and then uh, we we split our ways in 2001. Yeah, I think it was in 01. We uh, we had a difference of opinion of uh, of things and. You know, when you work for a big corporation, their opinion is always the number one opinion. And uh, I ended up without a job. And with three, with three babies, four, my, our oldest son, Joseph, um, that's my, my wife's, Rhonda's uh, son from her first marriage. And uh, so I had four kids and not a plan, not a clue of what I was going to do. And I think uh, Rhonda was working at Club Northwest at the time and uh, was a membership counselor up there. And uh, one of the, one, I think it was Jesse, my business partner now, goes, hey, Dave up at, up at Church Roofing is looking for a sales guy. I'm like, man, I just want to be done with the roofing industry. I don't even want to deal with it anymore. I, my heart's broken, and I just, and, uh, but I was good at it. I, I, lo- I, I still love the industry. I still, re- I still go, man, you know what? I could. I could, I could, I'm still young enough to go back and do it, do it again. I'm like going to you idiot. Don't even <laughs> no, take that away. But, um, and so I, I hooked up and I knew, I knew Dave before, not, not Dave church. You know, that was, that was the founder. Um, and there's still some churches here in town that are related to the founder of church roofing and, um, but different Dave. And, uh, so I met with them and, and he was kind of a squirrely dude. I'm like, oh man, I, I know I I knew him because I dealt business with him when I was at Duralast. I'm like I don't know if I want to get involved with this. And um, but when when you're raising a family and you need to do things, you just you you go and do what you what you know you can do. And I needed to make money, and um, he hired me. And about a year after working for him, you know, I started enjoying the industry again. We were having because it was a to- totally different than when a what I was doing, I was uh, doing commercial flat roofs and I was just an, you know, I was a sales guy and it's real easy to, you know, uh, contractors are selling and I just, I was the guy that showed up with a, a, a suit and tie and going, Hey, good job. Thank you for buying our product. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'll make sure that gets shipped out for you. That's what our job was. We we're customer service reps, I would say not more than sales guys. And, uh, so I learned how to do residential roofs and I learned about all the products and Dave taught me and I, and I thank him today for teaching me. He taught me how to be a, a, a good business person where I am today as a business person. And I learned a lot from him and after working for him for about a year or so, um, he goes, Hey, I think, um, I think I'm going to retire and, and you need to, uh, you need to buy the company. And I'm like, man, I ain't got money like that. I mean, this, I knew what we were doing annually in sales. I go, and I could do math. And I go, Dave, I, I can never afford buying, buying this company from you. He goes, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. 
Well, we ended up meeting another individual and um, and uh, becoming partners with him. And he had enough for a down payment on the company, and we bought it. And we did phenomenal amount of work. We we had a we had a great reputation. We had I had fifty employees at one point in time. We were steamrolling through the two thousands and just doing fantastic. And then in two thousand and eight, the economy. It um, Rhonda and I held on. We held on that company for about an, about a year and, and and basically emptied our savings into that company to keep employees, to make sure those employees had a paycheck every month. And um, it, it took us, it, uh, it, it wiped us out. So I ended up uh, in 2010 going, here you go, Dave. I'll, I'll go back to work for you. You take over the headache and I'll, uh, and I worked for about a year, a year with them. And I just like, oh, I don't have the love no more. I got beat up. I got kicked down. I, mm-hmm. I almost lost my house. I almost lost everything I owned. I mean, it was uh, the economy in Grants Pass, and the economy actually, you know, in the United States was horrible. Mm-hmm. And everything just kind of came to a screeching halt. Oh home. man! And and we were always Grants Pass is always about six eight months behind everybody else. You know, when everybody else is going through the bad times, we're all going, this is great. We're still doing good. And then all of a sudden, it just, boom, gone. It's like the faucet turned off in the industry. I couldn't find a job. I couldn't find uh, a house to roof. Um, people people were begging me to fix their roofs but had no money. Um, and I was out there fixing stuff for free and helping people out. And, and it just, and the bills were still there. I mean, my workers' comp didn't go away. My insurances didn't go away. And it just, it finally... Um, I just gave up. I would say I gave up. The I, I just had enough, and um, became an employee and went out and sold. And it started getting a little bit better and better and better. And then, in about uh, 2012, I just went. You know what? I need to. I I just need to be done. And I I took a year off, and I just basically hired. By then, it got sold sold to another guy here in town that that has it now, as far as I know. And, um, and, uh, I just, I just walked away. I just said, uh, you know, thanks for the, you know, thank you for, you know, here's a quarter, you know, thanks for the ride. And I just, I just did what I did for a year. And that was just being with my family and, and, uh, and I was hanging out downtown and there was a little empty shop and I go, you know what? It'd be kind of cool to have a cigar shop. Yeah. That was another one of those brilliant thoughts I had. <laughs> And um, that was in 2012. I started building it and working on it. And I, I uh, partnered up with Marv at that time and Jesse. And we had a dream of having just a little tiny cigar shop that we were going to hang out, smoke cigars. And next thing you know, we're, we have a cigar shop. We have a bar now. We uh, started the OPA. Um, we bought the mail house inside uh, the old town, uh, downtown. So within within about a year and a half i had three businesses that i didn't have the day i walked in the door and met and you know talked to marv about it and um then all of a sudden we're we're moving out of that big building and we're moving over to the to the other big building over on 8th street and you know marv i jesse and i got out of the bar business um in the restaurant business it was just it was more than i wanted to do at the time and uh, Marv continued, and it's a, it's a great business that he has as the Oregon Pizza and Poor Authority. And um, and so I focused on the cigar side of it, and we brought in another partner, Roy, 
and it gave us enough capital to open up Mefford. And that was about three, it's going to be about three years ago, three or four years ago that we opened up Mefford. And um, it's just grown and we're continuing. It's just getting better and better and better. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in future thoughts and plans of opening another one. Um, it'll be in Southern Oregon. It might be a little west of here, but further, further than 30 miles. So like ocean waves? Yeah, yeah. You might hear a little yeah, ocean, ocean waves. <laughs> so there, there's plans. That there, you know, in my mind as, as, as a business person, that's like, okay, what, what can we do now? And, and how much time am I going to have to do it? And what do you want to do? Exactly. And, you know, it's, you know, it started out being a, I'm going to hang out. We're going to smoke, smoke cigars with all my buddies. It's, it's a, it's a legitimate true business. I mean, it's, there's a lot of moving parts to it. Any type of retail, Mm -hmm. anybody that's in retail knows exactly what I'm talking about. When you got the state taxes involved in special send taxes and things that the states beat, beats us up on. And now UPS is starting to beat us up. Of all things, really, I go off the weird tangent. I, I'm getting emails from all our manufacturers that I have to pay six dollars and thirty two cents every time I sign a uh, sign for a package from UPS because, because of it, the contents, because of twenty one and older, because it's tobacco products. Really, so they're getting so my manufacturers getting charged for shipping out That's and insane. for a signature. They're getting six dollars for a signature. Because it's 21 and older. Well, the last time I looked in the state of Oregon, and, and any state, I, I don't care what state you are in the United States, you gotta, you have to be over 18. It's all turned into 21, but let's call it 21. You have to be 21 to own and operate or work inside a tobacco business. You have to be there. I can't hire a minor. It's not like beer. What well, in a restaurant? You can have a minor serve alcohol on a tray. They mm-hmm. can't order it, but they can. It used to be that way. I'm sure it's different now, but they could um yeah i don't i don't know it's got to be different now because you got to have an oscc license but you used to be able to like go pick up a beer at the at the at the bar and and take it to your customers um but now you have to be 21 to to smoke cigarettes which is i have a hard time with that being you know i went to war when i was 18 well that's what i was gonna ask you about yeah there's a lot of people like to talk about these things but a lot of them didn't serve in the military yeah and and it's tough when i have a marine walk in the door that is under the age of 21 and i know that his ass was over in the sandbox i know that he was over at camp uh you know camp freedom or or fallujah or one of those places and he goes i got my shit shot at and i and i can't buy a cigar and i have to say no Mm-hmm. In my heart, I, that hurts, and in in my whole soul, it's like, you know, I was, I, I, I just, I, I, it just pisses me off. At eighteen, you can make a decision. You can go to war, and you can you can vote, and you can vote for the asshole that just that just made this law that you had to be twenty one to smoke. You know, I get it on alcohol. I, it used to be different way back when. You know, before my time, you could drink when you were eighteen or whatever. Um, but if you want a cigar, I think you should be able to buy a cigar. Not because I sell them. I don't care. I don't give a shit if you're buying them from, you know, News and Smokes or if you're buying them from us or or Seven uh, Eleven. If if you if you have the ability to sign and raise your right hand and give your give your life to the country that you live in, you should be able to do whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people talk about that it, and it. I, you know, at what point, my thing is, 
where where does someone else get off telling us what we should and shouldn't do? And that's my oh, biggest thing. I hear you and on I'm the radio not, talk about that all the time. My rules and regulations. <laughs> like I always say, all we need is more rules and regulations. Yeah. Like I, I, And I'm not saying it's good for you or not good for you, but at what point is it just your decision to make in general? When do I get to be me and you get to be you? That, less that, and less every single day yeah. that goes by. Yeah, that, like. that's something that Rhonda and I talk about all the time. She goes, hey, I got to go running to go do this and this and this. And I got to, you know, I got to, I got to go into the office. Um, you know, and, and I do got to put a, a shameless plug out for my wife. If it wasn't for her doing what she does, being a mortgage, you know, working for Willamette Valley Bank here in town and helping people with mortgages and refinances and everything, I couldn't do me. I couldn't be G at the Cigar Cave. Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't be G at uh, the Active Club for Boatneck. She, she's fantastic. She's supported me 100% financially and with everything, um, all my dreams. So thank you to my wife. I love her dearly. And, and, and so there you go. Um, she allows me to be me, and I tell her, go do you. Mm-hmm. and it's important it is huge and and you're so regulated on what you can say and what you can do on the radio and because which is I, part of the reason why we're doing this th- and this is awesome we, we can do whatever we want right right and and it's just i listen to you every morning you and ashley every morning i um for about an hour and a half and i just hear your voice going oh i really want to say some shit i really i really <laughs> want to go i do sometimes <laughs> i will <go>. well <laughs> but um we have to get back as a as as uh, people of the United States that allow us to be us and do the right things. Now, when someone tells me that I can't be an adult and make adult decisions because you're going to make them for me, then that's a problem. It is a huge it's problem. It's a huge problem because at some point, and I think we're starting to see it now in different industries that are being pushed around specifically in the state of Oregon, which I won't get too deep into, even though we could, yeah, yeah. um, that people are starting to stand up for themselves and I'm proud of them for standing up for themselves. And obviously I'm kind of biased cause I grew up in a small town. I grew up in the trucking industry. Yeah. I grew up around loggers. So I'm very biased towards them. I have a very soft spot for those hardworking people. Oh yeah. Um, but they've been pushed around a lot and, oh. and, and we're dealing with a situation now where, they're being told what to do and they're not ready to hear what those they're not ready to to follow what they're being told yeah and And it's going to get interesting it's going to get really weird because that also affects me as a business owner too um done on the cigar side not on the not on the um the adult foster home but our other business of uh, cool enterprises is our our bulk water and um our soil delivery our rock delivery we have older equipment. We have, you know, we they're they're one's a one's a Peterbilt and one is a uh, a Freightliner or I Kenworth or something. Yeah, it's what it's you know it's a big truck body. It's diesel trucks. These are the only difference is one's got one holds water and one holds dirt, but those are you know going to be affected by cap and trade. I mean, mm-hmm. and it, it affects us all. And it, and I mean I can. I could be sitting on, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars worth of yard art, you know, if this thing goes through because they're I couldn't recover from that. My family couldn't recover from that. Well, and it's a complicated situation. I don't know enough about the situation. I try and follow as closely as I yeah. can, but what I do know is that it appears as though 
it's a giant tax. Oh, you could buy yourself out of it. It doesn't solve the problem. Right. Do you know what I mean? And oh, yeah. I'm all for the environment. And I've talked to numerous people in here. Steve Swanson, the CEO of Swanson Group, who yeah. talked about the, the real situation that's happening in the forest and how these sides are so far apart and they have all these extreme agendas and they can't come together mm-hmm. in the middle, which in reality, we should probably all be coming together in the oh, middle somewhere to something. make it right. Like, yeah, we want fresher air. We want fresher streams. But yet we let homeless people live on the greenway and dump their heroin needles in the in Bear well, Creek. Yeah, because that's OK. We don't want to hurt their the, feelings because it's the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. So there's this very slippery slope of we're telling you you can't drive your diesel truck unless you want to buy your way out of it. But yet you can dump your heroin needles in Bear Creek. It just yeah. doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense. No, to no, most no. Of because us. because those those things are too easy to fix. Those, those are we're going to hurt someone's feelings. We're going to take we're going to hurt their rights. You know what? My right as a as a citizen in Oregon or the United States is you know uh, what is it? The pursuit of happiness. You know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Absolutely. And and these shitheads that are 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 choosing to be that way. You know, your heroin needles. Your people that are living on the street. Yes, bad things happen to good people. I am not ever going to take that away. Shit happens. I get it. But there's some that just choose to be that way. Mm-hmm. And that's what's hard about Don't take my way. freedoms away because they want to be that way. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't make me stop doing what I'm going to do to help. And uh, Oregon is a beautiful place and we want to keep it beautiful, but we have to do certain things to keep it that way. And sometimes we got to cut a few trees down to do that, or we got to haul this material to that place, and we got to spend a little diesel. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It I, will. I don't. I guess I never thought we'd see anything like what we're starting to see right now. And I, I have this weird, like, conflicting. I don't know. It's just very strange to watch it all go down and to look at like my wife's eight months pregnant. I'm going, man, what are these kids? Oh yeah. What are they going to live through? And they're going to have to figure it out. Just like we had to figure out our own situations in life, but it's going to be an interesting time. And, um, you know, the unfortunate thing is, is that we all probably want what's best. Oh, I don't think anybody wants, wants to hurt anything, but everyone's idea is a little bit different. And when, you know, certain people in power, you know, want to just take the dollars and they think taking all the dollars is the answer. I'm not sure it's um, the answer. Yeah. When you start selling carbon, carbon credits and, uh, you know, that, that's why I made a comment earlier. Money makes everything better. Mm-hmm. You know, does it really make it better? What are you going to do with that money? Does it make you feel better? You, I mean, okay. So I'm going to buy carbon emissions for my trucks that I, that I run. That's going to cost me thousands of thousands of dollars a year to run. But what are you going to do with it? You know, well, you gotta put a HEPA filter on that damn thing. I don't know. Yeah. You know, come on. Let it. Let us do. Let let us be us and you be you and and meet in the middle. So, it's a crazy world we live in. Yeah. So. Yeah, I never thought we'd see it. Nope. Nope. Never thought about it either. But there's people working hard though to try and make it Greater Idaho all of a sudden, <laughs> and, and we'll see. Where I they don't go. know about that. That's some crazy stuff. Right I, there. I just saw today this morning they had a meeting in Roseburg. I think it was yesterday or just really? recently at a pretty big gathering that they're trying to go for. It. And I, I don't want to be Idaho. Like I, I love Idaho. Don't get me wrong. I would consider moving there if I if I had to move. If I had to pack up and move. I'd consider just like a lot of people have, unfortunately, yeah. from California to Idaho. But I mean, I want Oregon to be Oregon, and that's what I was reading this piece the other day about. The guy's saying, what made Oregon great is you had loggers and hippies who could coexist together and they'd figure out how to get it done. Mm-hmm. And now 
I think partly because of politics or, or mainly because of yeah. politics, they've just been so divisive. So some of that, a lot of that has gone away when unfortunately I think if we were to all get in a room, you know, loggers, hippies, all of us that we could probably come up with a, a sensible solution, sure. but there's so much to be gained on the back end that we well, don't get to yeah. do that. You're stream right, stream left. When, when, when the extremes are trying to overpower the senses, it, 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 it can never happen. You got someone that is just, when you stop listening, you won't, you, you just won't be able to speak. Yeah. You know, you're no one, no one listens. And if, if you got someone that's constantly wanting to interject and, and butt in and butt in and butt in and want to want to push their goodwill or push their will onto you, they're not hearing what you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, because they're thinking about the next thing that they're combating you with. Yeah. So I hope we get it figured out. There's a lot of good people out there that want to make it happen. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be something, but you know, going to the stream is not not the answer for the state of Oregon. Well, it'll be interesting when we get to a point where so much money is coming out of our pockets. You know, is that what people want to do? There's so much of what we make on a daily basis going to taxes that mm-hmm. at what point are people... I mean, there has to be a balance somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I was just overseas um, earlier in, in, in uh, January and February. And I was in a what they considered a a um a communist country which was more socialism than communism it was still you know vietnam is um considered communist but i saw an amazing i mean everybody i saw no one fought no one gave a shit what the other one was doing uh they all moved along got along i mean we're talking tens of thousands of people going down the street on little scooters and cars and no one screaming and yelling at each other and they're cutting each other off and they're going along and and then you got people selling stuff on the street and people working the markets and and hotels and restaurants and stuff and everybody's happy and everybody's doing their thing i didn't see one fight in three weeks Hmm. no arguments no nothing because everybody just head down worked hard and did what they needed to do for their families It, it was I wish people could go over and see it to understand. I'm not, by all means, I'm not a communist and I'm not a socialist. <laughs> I was going to say, but, wait, but I'm not, that? but for, for them, it worked. Yeah. Um, but if you could take the attitude of that and just go, if people would just get along with each other, mm-hmm. you know, I think and, that's the biggest thing is that we've kind of forgotten how to just get along with each other. Yeah. We're so worried about promoting whatever agenda mm-hmm. we've latched onto that, we we lose that connection, yeah, which is most important. Yeah, it's I don't know. It, it's it's a troubling time. Yeah, but then you still see good things too. You know, there's a lot of things that just don't oh. get talked about, and I think that's part of the problem too. Is that the negativity sells? So there's good things happening every single day, yeah. and it doesn't get talked about. Why can't we talk about the good things? Yeah. Why can't we have feel good? You know, you do feel good Fridays, right? right. You know, it, that should be feel good every day. Because it doesn't sell. That's the problem. I, I, like, why no. do you think we're seeing so much about the coronavirus on TV? Because it sells and people you can't bet. resist. Click, 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 click. And guess what happens when you click? Your money, 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 money. Oh, money. I know. I know. Feel good doesn't pay. You know, I've always told my kids, you know, in business, I said there's three things in business that never fail. Alcohol, tobacco, and gambling. If you want to recession-proof anything, alcohol, tobacco, and gambling. You'll never lose money on it. Except from my side of the tobacco, mine's a nicety and not a necessity. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I have, I have very few customers that are absolutely addicted to cigars. It's just not a thing. 
they enjoy them and that's what they like to do but it's not like cigarettes or you know chewing yeah. tobacco or pot you know things like that but um yeah you're, you're right if you if you can't make it a, a a you know a problem then no one wants to buy it mm-hmm. but i like feel good every day yeah i'm with you there yeah for sure Just, you gotta hug it up man for sure <laughs> absolutely what didn't we touch on ah uh, we talked about bonick talked about the navy talked about the navy um businesses um yeah city of grants pass we'll just leave that alone yeah i mean, before I mean we, we could we well, could before yeah. we started before we started recording we talked briefly yeah, about a situation and someone that i invited to come over and and uh, a pretty serious situation in town that's gotten a lot of publicity. It is, and I and I and I really hope they can come to the middle because it's something that, a we need, mm-hmm. you know, and it it it's important, but there's got to be a solution, and hopefully um, both parties, uh, calmer calmer heads, will prevail, and they'll they'll be able to work out a work out their situation. Um, I I I hope for the better part of for them and the city. Yeah, because you know you get. It's it's gonna it's definitely gonna affect affect the uh, the citizens, for sure. So, but like like we say, you throw enough money at something, you always fix it. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. We'll <laughs> yeah. see if that actually ends up happening, or, or you know, if if they end up coming over and and where it goes from there. But I, I hope they can work it out. Yeah. You know, I think any time that you know someone, you know, if anytime someone has a possession and it's being threatened, you know, especially yeah. if it's your livelihood, your property, whatever, right. then obviously you're going to be defensive and, sure, and sure. You're, you have an emotional attachment to it. And I respect that. I respect that. It's like, I, I, I understand what they're going through and, and, um, I've never had that problem come on to me before. Mm-hmm. I know we talked a little bit about you and your family and, and, um, but I, I think if, if we could just get the whole thing is like, don't let the crazy dictate what the norm is. Exactly. Then we'll be okay. Exactly. That's a good word, crazy. Crazy sons of bitches. <laughs> crazy sons of How about you? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm just trying to, you know, it's been kind of a wild time. You know, last year we spent a lot of time working up at Seven Feathers on the side, and that kind of tamed down, and they kind of restructured that, so we're not doing that this year. So, Oh, I've you're had, done? I've had, well, we're still doing their commercials, but we're not doing all of the live stuff oh, up okay. there. Um, so it's meant more time here, which it's only been, what month are we in? We just started March. So it's only been like two months of the new back to normal. Okay. Um, and plus with us expecting number five in a month, that's that it. It's five, five and done. Come on. No, we don't want, you don't want a half a dozen. No, I'm already lobbying or already trying to get signed up to get the soldering done. So yeah, it's, yeah, I did that. It's, it's a piece of cake. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ready to be done. We're, we're ready to be done. We're good. I mean, that's, that's a lot. I admire you, man. That is, I mean, it's something that I, I wish I would have done. I mean, I end up with five, but you know, three of my own. But I, I love big families, and is, I, I think that's what makes this world go around. Yeah, I didn't want a big family, so it's interesting for yeah. me getting talked into. Well, I shouldn't say getting talked into it, but obviously yeah, something she, I ended up wanting to do too. But it's I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like you got to see my youngest. He oh yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's probably the I shouldn't say the biggest character out of all of them because they are all are in their own way, and I don't want to play favorites to the boy. But yeah, he's just a character. Their boys are different. Yeah, you know, I had I got two girls and two boys, and those boys they're, they're different they're they're a different creature oh yeah and and well they're different when they're younger and they're a lot of fun wait till those girls get about 12 you're gonna you and the well, boy one of them's 11 already oh yeah so you're it's done coming. you're it's done dude i oh god i had sister i have sisters you, oh so, so i lived it, through that and 
you know, my sister's screaming, I'm going to die. This is the worst day of my life, which, yeah. of course, is when she got her period. Right. And uh, so I went through that whole thing. And then I actually explained to my little sister what was going to happen to her before it happened. Like, because my mom was just all over the place. So that's kind of a funny story. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I was kind of prepared for it. But e- even then, you can't, you know, you think you're prepared for something. Yeah, you're not. No. When it happens, it's going to be on like Donkey Kong. So do we know what numbers? Number five? No, we don't know. Good We're not going to find out. Good for you. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, we have all these, and I've, I know some people are going to be thrilled about this, but all these reveals and all these fancy things, look at me, let's get on Facebook yeah, and yeah, do the reveals. Yeah. No, we're going to get the reveal when it rips apart and you, it comes flying out. <laughs> you know? Well, after number five, yeah, there's a good chance it comes flying out. Yeah. Well, number four didn't, but he was a lot bigger. Well, so. he's, he's a big boy. Yeah. But no, that's awesome. I, I, I love that when people don't find out. I, I didn't know what my three kids were. I mean, what other true surprise is there? Yeah, hey. You know, just like when uh, Joshua was my youngest and the last to be born. And I remember because it, it wasn't necessarily, we weren't planning on having Joshua. And it just happened that way. And my dad just looked at me and goes, hey, guess what? You just got to set another plate at the table. That's all it is. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's you know, a girl or a boy. And um, good for you. I, I like, and, and that's why, you know, the, the Reinhardts are the same way. They didn't find out what they're having that I know of. Yeah. You know, they might know, but they didn't tell me because I told them I didn't want to know. Yeah, it's fun. There's nothing like it. And I mean, I cried when the third one came out and that was the first one that we didn't find out. And then when the fourth one and, and he was upside down, so I couldn't even see the dragon right. berries until they flipped <laughs> them over. Uh, but then it was just as exciting for so, that too. So it's three, three girls and the boy. Mm-hmm. And then, well, maybe you might have a boy. Maybe. I'm not going to say because I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it either way. You know what? It also, doesn't matter. Lon's is healthy and exactly. and he's got all his fingers and toes and yeah. And and even if not, you're going to love it the same. Yeah, we'll tackle it either way. That's so. right. No, that's awesome. Good for you. But yeah, other than that, you know, I think uh, I think all is as well. Just you know, like grinding away, just doing what we do and trying to enjoy it and right. not get caught up in the crazy that's happening around us and yeah. Well, I, I think of you a lot every time I hear you on the radio and you know, you're it's a it, it's it's a it's a good travel day between here and Grants Pass or from Grants Pass to Mefford every day for work and and uh doing what you do over there and it's a lot of it's a lot of work that you got. A lot of a lot of good times. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well I appreciate you coming over. I'm glad we got to do this yeah, and make this- it happen and I like how it happened, which is the best part of uh, just seeing you down the street, even though I had you on my list, it just yeah. kind of worked out. Had someone else actually that was supposed to come over this week and didn't make it, so no, that's it, awesome. it, it worked out nicely. It. And I got and I got to fire up chair talk again. I got you know what's <laughs> funny is I was watching one of your chair talks before. So so Jimmy texted me Jim Keycax, and then I was like I need to just go do a quick scroll of his Facebook. What what am I not thinking of? You know, and then I saw your chair talk, and I'm like, aha, there it is. There was the chair talk. One of these times, maybe we should make an attempt and I, i've toyed with the idea before because i had troy and kelsey from weekend beer company over oh yeah here. yeah and i'm just i know the live podcasts are getting really popular oh that would be cool and so i'm just not sure if i'm quite there yet if i'm quite ready to do that it takes a little more technology which it isn't a whole lot i mean obviously a pa and then there's a crowd sitting in front of us which right. i've done that before too not in this long form setting mm-hmm. where we're sitting here doing this and you know, everyone yeah, who's yeah. there is making noise and talking and yeah. watching with eyeballs. So, but you know, maybe there's something there. We'll have to think about yeah, it. And that'd be a lot of fun. Crank out a live one and 
Maybe there's something we could do with a couple of different businesses. We'll see. I got the perfect spot right behind the cigar cave. Perfect. Yeah. We call it Tobacco Alley. All right. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, any bit of advice you want to pass along? I know you've been in, you know, you've had a chance to raise some kids. You've oh. uh, been a part of a couple businesses. And yeah. I always like to just throw it out there and any kind of words of wisdom. I, I do like what you said about, you know, hugging it out. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's just peace and love and, and uh, head down, you know, with, with that, that's with everything. Through through employment, through businesses, through through your family, you just got to remember to do you, and everybody else will fall in line with. Especially when it comes to the family, you do the right thing every day. It's easy, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, business, do the right thing every day. You treat your customers good, you treat your clients good, you treat your uh, your partners good. Um, everything's easy, you know. I I I had a rough day the other day, and um, in business, and it and it it, it was just silly. It was it wasn't. It wasn't anything horrible, but I just was just, man, and I got home, and and we were talking about the whole Grants Pass situation with a, some friends of mine, and I got fired up, and I was, I was fired up before they even showed up um, because, you know, I did have a little tie to it. I wanted back when uh, we were without a mayor, I threw my hat in the ring for mayor and um, went through the application process, and I, I was – I was close. I was probably going to be mayor of Grants Pass, but then, you know, the council did their thing and they voted within the keep with inside their own ranks, and that's fine. But, um, and I was really kind of pissed off about it. So I was like, oh, I'm going to run. I'm going to run for mayor. Then I said, no, I don't want to. I don't, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it now. And, um, but I got home and I just sat there on my couch and I go, I am just so blessed because. The people that I was having conversations where were on the opposite end of what I was saying, and I was trying to understand what they were saying, and, and they were understanding what I was saying. So we were, I so basically just agree to disagree. If anything in life, with your wife, with your business, if you can't agree, just agree to disagree, and you can both have your own your own opinions. But uh, I I just got home and was like, man, I am just so blessed. I have all these things, and I have all these good friends, and I ended up sending a text over to him i said you know what i just love you guys and uh you know i am blessed to have you in my life so if we could treat all our friends and our family that same way you know we have disagreements with them that you just um you appreciate them and you hug it up with them you you can accomplish so much more other than fighting well that's a good one it's tough that was a good one yeah so it's just i i've i've learned a lot in my last uh, few years of life and there's always more to learn every oh, single day. That's dude. the thing. I'm always like, okay, well, let me try and do that a little differently next time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, don't worry. I've, I've gotten my ass kicked many a times. Yeah. I've been knocked down. But Get back up. Yep, do it again. again. Like you said, though, head down, eyes up, looking for the next yeah. you know opportunity or whatever to make the situation better and see where it goes from there. Yep. Agree to disagree and, and just, uh, and after that, hug and and uh because it will it'll be better yeah always well i appreciate you coming over thanks for making time this is this has been fun thank you yeah absolutely almost an hour and a half so wow uh, definitely didn't feel like it no no it never does does. though isn't that crazy that's crazy there you go garen beck and a cigar cave Give me the water business again. Uh, cool Enterprises. Okay, Cool Enterprises. You guys have all, uh, all kinds. You get your hands in all I do. Types I do. Of I things. guess I was just bored at one point in time. So I was like, let's do all this.
Well, it's good though. Keeps you, keeps you young though. We it talked does. about we that did. earlier. Hey, I'm not going to stop. There you go. Episode 26. You can find it at garagetalkpodcast.com. Also Apple. You have Google Podcasts. You have Stitcher. Tune in and a host of others. And uh, there it is. Garen back. Thanks for coming over, buddy. Thanks, brother. Don't forget, rate the podcast five stars if you wouldn't mind. And uh, also share it with your friends. Tell a friend about it. And uh, we'll see you back here next time from the garage.